Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dishing with Stephanie's Dish, the podcast where we talk to fellow cookbook authors, food lovers, and anyone interested in the food space in the same obsessive way that I am. And Tracy Medeiros is actually like right in line with all my obsessions. She is the author of the Vermont Farm Table Cookbook. And Tracy, you are having your 10th anniversary with this amazing book. How exciting 10 years later to get like a re-release. I was so happy when I received the call asking if I would be interested in revising the first edition. And I said, yes. When you think about your original writing of the cookbook, tell me about that process and why you decided to write it. Sure. Well, I was writing a column for the Essex Reporter and Colchester Sun. And I just felt the dedication and the energy from these folks wanting to be in that column. And I thought, why not? Why don't I write another Vermont cookbook? So I asked my editor at the newspaper her thoughts on me turning my column into a book. And years prior, the publishing house that um, Countryman Press had approached me and they asked me if I ever write another cookbook again, please let them know. So I called the gentleman up who had approached me about writing a book for them and I said, hey, I'm thinking about turning my column into a book. What are your thoughts? And he said, I love the idea. And I sent him some sample recipes and some profile examples. And he gave me a contract. And that's how the first edition came about. How many recipes were in the original cookbook? The original cookbook had 150 recipes. Okay. And I had a cookbook that had 170. So about the same amount. How long did it take you to put it all together? It takes me, I just work nonstop. The second, <laughs> uh, yeah, the second I get a contract, I just run, Stephanie. And it's just all consuming and it's my life. And I would say about a year. I yeah, have that same. Yeah. And so you're like me, you just, okay, I get the contract because it's, it's a little daunting when you get that contract. It's exciting, but it's daunting because you have that pressure to produce. And because you have so many people involved and, you know, people have lives and they're busy and farmers are extremely busy. You um, just have to work nonstop. So I would say about a year. Your cookbook, the Vermont Farm to Table Cookbook, reminds me in some respects. So two things. One, I think Vermont and Minnesota are are familiar climate-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, a rural aspect to Vermont, but also then you kind of have this liberal city in Burlington. Mm-hmm. So I feel mm-hmm. like my daughter went to college there. So I feel like I have some like a bit of a touchstone with Vermont. But like when I re-looked at all of your recipes in this latest 10th edition, I really got that vibe that I got 10 years ago or 12 years ago when I kind of fell in love with cooking as an adult in this farm to table movement, like buying these really cool ingredients at farmer's markets and then seeing what I could turn into them. 
Oh, Vermont has always been ahead of the curve food-wise. And I just find that the people in this realm are just so inspiring. And like you said, and I hope when, you know, readers open this book, they will just feel the love and the dedication. These contributors are just so dedicated, so passionate, and it's just such hard work, and they're just so inspiring, and they really do this for community wellness. Because being a farmer, it it's not a lucrative business. Right, and like writing really, cookbooks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to have a love and a passion for it. And these folks really do. And um, I'm just so fortunate that uh, they trust me with their profiles and their recipes. And I always make sure to send the materials back. And I let them, I tell them, you know, anything you want me to add or omit or edit, please do. Because my books are really a community cookbook. And I want them to also, when I feel their love, I want them to feel my love back to them, my thank you for doing what they do. And like you, obviously you love doing cookbooks and you love food. You have to just love these folks because they help you and inspire you to do what you do and do it well. And I always want them um, to feel my appreciation. Um, and I'm just so grateful for yeah. them over, over the last, you know, um, you know, all these years doing what I've done. I think the reason your cookbook really appeals to me, too, is because I, I think I'm a good cook, but I am a home cook. And mm -hmm. I am always attracted to like newspaper columns about recipes mm -hmm because mm -hmm. I feel like you have an aesthetic and a point of view that is like, you're imagining me standing in my, you know, regular kitchen. Like I don't mm -hmm. have all the special supplies. And mm -hmm. I, I felt like when I was reading the cookbook too, that it was super approachable and like food that everyday people can cook. And I know that sounds silly, but a lot of cookbooks, they're more aspirational and mm -hmm. beautiful. Yours is like, I can do the things. I can make the Vermont cheddar soup. I can make these salad dressings. Well, that's what's so important to me when I do any of my cookbooks, exactly what you have stated, Stephanie, that I want someone who doesn't cook that often, but wants to, you know, cook at home once in a while, you know, like, so for instance, I have this wonderful uh, Lebanese salad in there. So I do, I, and I think also when you're trying to educate and the importance of the whole farm to table movement and the reason why you should support your local farmer and the importance you want to have that net as wide as possible. You want to um, educate and entertain as many people as possible so that movement continues to grow and flourish. And that's why, too, when I create these books, I they're kind of they're a recipe book, 
They're also with the profiles. They're an interesting reads. So maybe someone might not try a certain recipe, but they're still learning about that farm. And also a travel guide, too, to entice people to come to this state. But say you can't come to this state, you're still learning about our state. Yeah, I did feel that because I felt like, you know, those farm stories, you know, when you read mm-hmm. about a goat cheese farmer, for instance, mm-hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. like I might not have access to that person's specific goat cheese, but it brings Mm -hmm. me back to a local goat cheese provider in Minnesota Mm -hmm. that I know has the same aesthetic or works that same um, belief system. And it reminds me like, oh, I need to revisit so-and-so's farm. Exactly. And that is my goal too. You're walking through the farmer's market and you you tell yourself, oh, I saw this wonderful recipe utilizing goat cheese. I can't get the Vermont, you know, in my town, but I'm going to support my local farmer at this farmer's market. And that's the goal, just to keep these farmers on the land and also to inspire the next generation, just to keep this growing and strengthening this because it really is so important. The local farmer and what they do is just so connected to, again, to community wellness, to health. And it's just really important to let them know that we appreciate them. We know what they do. We know that their work is hard work and it's just inspiring. It is really inspiring too. If you think about it every year, you don't know what you're going to yield. Yeah. And it's just hope and resilience at the end of your growing season, what you will yield. And you hope that you will yield a lot, but they still every year are just so dedicated to the, so dedicated to the community and year after year, not knowing what they're going to yield. And it's pretty amazing how resilient they are. I think this book speaks to gardeners too, because Mm -hmm. I'm also a gardener. So I'm just coming up on, you know, starting to thin the beets and thin the Mm -hmm. Swiss chard and Mm -hmm. the radishes are finally poking their heads out of the ground. And Mm -hmm. I'm like really feeling inspired with this book to carry it as a companion, like from my gardening season. I love that. That is my goal too. Absolutely. And those who are members, say, of CSAs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, an overabundance, say, of potatoes or, you know, leeks, that they can go through my cookbooks and say, you know what? This is a great way to use all these potatoes, or this is a great way to use all these tomatoes. So that's my other goal, too. Or your garden. Sometimes, you know, you yield a lot of zucchini or, you know, whatever you're growing in your garden. And you, you know, can't always give your neighbors, you know, all, you know, extra ingredients that you grow. And um, that's my goal, too. Um, And I know you do a lot of canning. You're a big into that. Yes. And, um, you know, and that's another wonderful way to utilize, you know, extra ingredients. Yeah. Sometimes your neighbors see you coming with that extra bushel of zucchini and they're not so happy to see you anymore. (laughs) (laughs) They're like zucchini again. I love zucchini. Zucchini is great. And you can certainly do a lot with that, but it is funny because they're like, oh no, let me guess. Like they're excited in the beginning, but after like the fifth visit, (laughs) 
<laughs> yes, I totally concur. Now, what would you say? What I also think is interesting about cookbooks is like the, I can tell you the three most popular cookbook, the recipes in my book, just mm -hmm. because I get asked about them all the time. What would you say are your top? Well, for instance, in the cookbook, there is, oh my goodness, this Maple Brook Farms burrata salad, and it uses local spinach and strawberries, which are in season yep. or soon to be in season where you live, basil pesto and pistachios and aged balsamic vinegar. And what I love about the burrata um, especially the one from Maple Brook Farms. Um, they use this old world technique, um, the stretching of the curd, and they put it into the mozzarella and the filling with some cream. And it's just like this luscious texture. Um, and then you have like the texture from the pistachios, which is the crunch. And then you have the sweetness of the strawberries and the spinach. I mean, that is by far one of my favorites because it's very easy to make and it visually it's beautiful. I mean, I really, I have to say because I'm so fortunate and I live in such a foodie state, when I get these recipes, I'm just so excited. I feel like it's Christmas because I'm like, oh, how are they utilizing this? Or I cannot wait to test this. It's just, it's just a joy because they take food very seriously and um, it educates me as well. Yeah. And it's just exciting. And then there's this wonderful, Stephanie, let me tell you, walnut tart that you can find towards the end of the book. When I tell you, I could eat the whole tart. It is so <laughs> good. It's, oh, it's, it's like, it's sinful, but it's just like, it's so amazing. And it's, you have like, you know, the walnuts and then the silkiness of the, the texture. I mean, it's just wonderful. I just love that dessert. And Yum. it's just, so many people love it. And um, it's just divine. Okay, one more question before I let you go. In the broader context of cookbooks, and just mm -hmm. like your experience as a recipe developer and a writer, are there mm -hmm. like one or two cookbooks that have inspired you just like in your career of like, they're always on your shelf. You never take them and put them away. Well, I love anything that Martha Stewart does. I think she is uh, a genius. I really love, uh, I'm inspired by her. I yep. think what she does is amazing. And she just, what I find interesting about her, she's just constantly evolving oh and yeah cutting she's just a swimsuit model now so let's just go there oh I know Fa and fabulous beautiful yes. I love the orange I love the cover fabulous um of course uh Julia I mean anything that Julia had done she actually was my inspiration as a young child yeah. watching her and so anything from her um I'm inspired by um, so I would have to say, say definitely those two women, um, just Julia, just watching her and just being so animated and, um, really, um, when I say not caring, but just wasn't, um, restricted by the camera. She was who she was in front of the camera, whether she dropped something or didn't have something, she was her and it was yeah. great. 
And again, with Martha, just an innovator and constantly cutting edge and creative and having the longevity of that career is just so inspiring. Well, I've enjoyed connecting with you, Tracy Medeiros. The cookbook is the Vermont Farm Table Cookbook, and it is in its 10th anniversary. You have over 3,000 4.5 and a half or greater reviews, which is pretty awesome too. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for Amazon, I just think that's amazing. So well, people can find your book there. Also, um, I'll put a link to it so that people can directly find you on your website. Are you on social media too, Tracy? Yes. Uh, Facebook, uh, the Vermont Farm Table Cookbook, Facebook. And then I have my website, which is tracymedeiros.com. All right. And I'll go ahead and put links to that in the show notes. Thank you for spending time with me today. It's been really fun. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks, Tracy. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.